Good morning. Our reading is from St. Matthew's Gospel, the third chapter. We hear the first six verses. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and honey. Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. We pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our King and our Redeemer. Amen. Over the past four years, John the Baptizer has become the prophet in Scripture who fascinates me the most. It's not because we have a ton of information on him. It's because of his style. It was a style that spoke to the people in that day. It's a message and a style that is still relevant for you and I today as God is preparing our hearts to receive the newborn king in this Advent season. God's people at the time of John were well aware that his voice had gone away. For not about 400 years had the people of Israel had a prophet speaking to them on behalf of God. In fact, they even had a saying acknowledging that. There was no voice nor any that answered. But then, zap, John showed up. And people began to wonder if this might just be the voice of God once again among his people. They thought that because John was different than the other preachers who were speaking as if they were speaking on behalf of God. John's style, his message was very different from the teachers of the law and the elders of that day who when they preached usually preached in a way to try to get awe from the people or to say something to them that would keep them happy and therefore they would stay in the power that they wanted to have. 
But that wasn't John whatsoever. No, he fearlessly denounced evil anywhere that he saw it. When Herod Antipas stole his brother's wife, something you should never do, he called him out for it, and it eventually did cost John his head. When the pompous and pious and and self-absorbed religious leaders of his day walked around looking for praise and glory, John had no problem letting him have it. If you read one verse after the text I just read, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And when the average Joe or Jane was living a life in which they were unaware of the Lord, he told them so. See, for John, it didn't matter. It did not matter where he saw evil and wickedness. If it was in the state, if it was in a crowd, even if it was in the church, He fearlessly, every time, rebuked it. It's why John, in his message, folks, are relevant for you and me as we listen to these words today. It is because there comes a time when smooth politeness has to go away, and instead it becomes a time that blunt rebukes have to happen. And folks, whether we like it or not, you and I, we need and we benefit from blunt rebukes as God prepares our heart to receive the king in this Advent season. Who or what is the king in your heart right now? Born sinful, we have no problem as sinners setting up thrones in our heart for false kings to sit on. Maybe for you it's money and greed. Maybe it's anger or bitterness. Maybe for you it's ungodly use of of sex and other substances. Or maybe it's work or school or vacation or family or friends. Or maybe it's something else. Right now as you sit here today, as you're hearing this message, what is the king sitting there on the throne of your heart? Acknowledge it. Identify it. Cast it out immediately. And every one of us needs to do that today and on a regular basis. Don't let it sit on the throne of your heart anymore. You cannot serve two masters because if you do, you're going to end up loving one of them and hating the other. And if a false king is occupying your heart and mine, then when it comes time for us to receive the king, we will not be able to do so. Whether that be in the word right now, whether it be when you go back to your home church and receive the Eucharist, when it's sitting in class, in a religion class here and studying the word of God, or when he comes again on the very last day. We need to dethrone those false kings in our lives and in our hearts now so that we will not be counted with that brood of vipers when the king returns. In John's day, many roads, probably most roads in the Middle East, were in pretty poor condition. In fact, they actually have an Eastern proverb that says this. It says, there are three states of misery, sickness, fasting, and travel. And yet we do know from history and archaeology that there were a few roads that were ancient roads that were paved and very smooth. They go back to the time of King Solomon. They were built for him. They were called the King's Way, uh, King's Highway. And when these roads were around, they were kept up in use so that if the king wanted to use them, he was able to do so. 
But before he would go off on his journey, what would happen is they would send a message out from the palace telling the people in that area that the king was coming. And so they had to go out and make sure that the, the road was still in good repair. They needed to make sure that it was smooth for the king's journey. That was John the baptizer's job. Preach the law to smooth out the hearts of the people so that they would be able to be able and ready to receive the king. That's my job and my brother pastor's job when we stand up here before you on a regular basis. Just like at the time of John, God has called us, weak men, to stand before you and to preach the law so that anyone who hears may have their hearts smoothed out and be prepared for the coming king the king of king in this Advent season. And we need to do so whether it makes us unpopular or not. But like John's message, thankfully it's not just a message of all law. John wasn't just always preaching law, just giving a negative condemnation to everything. He was also doing a positive pointing, looking forward to the king who was to come. That king who was going to come, especially for those people who had had their hearts smoothed out by the preaching of the law. And that's the same message that's here for you. If you've realized the false kings that sit on the throne of your heart at times, and you've acknowledged that, don't sit here feeling bad. Don't sit here feeling without hope or, or beaten down right now. But rather give thanks that God is preparing our hearts to receive his king in this Advent season. Because, see, this king who your heart has been smoothed out for isn't some king that wants to see you hauled off and suffer in the dungeons of hell for all eternity. He doesn't want you to be in a state of misery. No, this king, the king of your hearts, is the true king of kings, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who loved you enough to give up all the glories in that perfect holy throne that was his in heaven to come down to be welcomed and received by poor sinful parents in a manger and stable, and then welcomed to earth by social outcasts like shepherds. Your king is the very king who went through this life living perfectly, only worshiping one king, his heavenly father. Your king, the king of kings, loved you enough that he allowed himself to be received by the outstretched arms of a wooden cross losing his life so that we could keep ours for all eternity. Yes, in loving compassion, friends, our Lord and our Savior willingly traded being surrounded by angel and saint choirs in all the glories and all the riches surrounding the throne of heaven that was rightfully his for a throne of a cross surrounded by chants of hatred and envy covered in his own blood. But see, that's who your king is. And just like in the time of John, God again prepares our hearts to receive the king for the very same reason. So that each one of us can have and possess every single one of the treasures of heaven that are ours by faith. Just like baptism then with John, in baptism now God claims you and he washes clean all your sin and puts you in his family and he gives you a robe of righteousness, something that's much better and probably much more comfortable than a camel hair garment. 
your king who loves you, comes to you through the preaching and teaching of the word so that Jesus can, day in and day out, when you come in contact with the law and gospel, smooth your heart and be ready for him. Your king offers you food much more sustaining than locust and wild honey, which is not in the calf today. No, when you go to the supper instead, what he does is he gives you and he feeds you with himself so that you and I have the strength and we have the ability to fight off every single one of those false kings that like to pop up and try to steal our hearts on a daily basis. Folks, God prepares your heart and mind to receive the king in this Advent season through his means of grace so that we can certainly be ready when he comes again on the last day. And so until that time, know. Know that you have a king that will let nothing. No false king, no pandemic or disease, no struggle or heartache, nothing. He will let nothing separate you from his love in his kingdom. All praise to the King of Kings. Amen. Please rise. Almighty God, judging King, you sent John the baptizer to prepare the way for your coming. Come, Lord Jesus, with your grace and fill us with your Holy Spirit. Inhabit our lives and our hearts and minds so that we may live as your people in this world. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, both now and forever. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you all. Amen.